2: We have a Seawolf Dune. I repeat, we have a Seawolf Dune. Welcome to the Scotsman Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Glade. And uh, tonight, we are celebrating a thrashing of the Stony Brook Seawolves. 62-7 to 7 is your final score. We have a great pod for you tonight. We have a special guest, Emma hey Muli a Sportsbeat producer and co-host of the Sports Beat After Hour podcast. He's going to be joining me just a little later on to talk about the Utah State Aggies and what he likes, dislikes, what he's seen, unseen, and everything in between with the Utah State Aggies so far, two games into the season. A few of my thoughts early on. Utah State's a great team. They beat up on a FCS team. That's about the best breakdown I can give you of this game. Offensive line continues to look really good. Uh, Jalen Warren, big weapon. Uh, I'll probably get into it a little bit more with uh, with Hema later on. Uh, also, after Hema's interview, I'm going to hand out some awards. I was going to do it earlier this week before the Stony Brook game, but I kind of knew that Stony Brook wasn't going to give me a lot to work with, so I thought I would combine... The awards, and I'm going to try to do weekly awards based on the game, and I'm going to have some fun with it, because for anybody who knows me, and I don't know how many of you know me out there, but I love movies, and I more specifically love movie quotes, and I love to use movie quotes in my daily life. Uh, So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick a movie every week. I'm going to hand out awards to Utah State players or plays or performances or sequences or coaching or whatever grabs my attention and assign them a movie quote from that movie. Is that specific enough? Was that confusing? It was probably pretty confusing the way I explained that, but you'll see. You'll see. You'll get it later on. Uh, I'm going to start off with The Empire Strikes Back, only because I'm a big Star Wars nerd, and that's my favorite of the entire trilogy. And I'll use a wide array of movies, some very entertaining, maybe some serious, maybe some comedy, maybe some more action, maybe some more Marvel, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes, we'll see how I'm feeling that week, and we'll see how the Aggies perform. That'll probably dictate what I do. Um. So, let's not waste any more time, let's get to... Sportsbeat producer Hema Mooley who joins us here on the Scotsman podcast. Welcome to the Scotsman podcast, the host slash co-host of the Sportsbeat After Hours podcast. Uh, KSL sports producer, wearer of Salt Lake of Bejas hats, builder of chicken <laughs> coops, resident of Tooele County <laughs> and Donner of Utah Jazz jer- jerseys with no undershirt, the one and only Hema <laughs> Heymooley. Welcome that, to the Scotsman
1: Podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hema. Those are quite the superlatives or whatever.
2: Well, you have so many.
1: I That's true. To
2: choose from. I had to narrow it down <laughs> to my favorite five or Love six. It. I forgot how many I did. But um, we are here to talk a little bit about Utah State football. Uh, Last week, I had some instant reactions to the Wake Forest game. But people aren't interested in my opinions. They're bored of me after two (laughs) weeks. So I had to bring in somebody else to talk some more Utah State football. We just got done with an absolutely insane night. And right now, um, Hema is monitoring the USC-Stanford game. Because if you didn't know it or not, his brother... (laughs) Houston Haymooley plays for the Stanford Cardinals. Plays not a, fullback.
1: Not a good night for them.
2: No, right no, no. After that first drive, second drive, it was first drive. First Stanford yeah. drive, wasn't it? Um, I think somebody said that uh Stanford's just gonna blow them out. They're going to destroy them. Yeah. <laughs> it, it it did it, not go that way.
1: He jinxed them. Yes. They're getting the business right now from USC, yeah, which is interesting. It's,
2: it's very interesting. Um I get. Yeah, USC looked such a dumpster fire last week. Yeah. Even though they beat Fresno, they didn't look good doing it anyway. But, um, anyway, uh,
1: but who cares about USC? Who
2: cares about USC? Who cares about Screw them? those guys? This is a Utah State podcast. Let's talk Utah State for a second. Let's do it. Uh, Utah State Stony Brook.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I didn't know where Stony Brook was until the sports beat what was your broadcast what was <laughs> what was your best
2: guess what were you thinking stony, stony brook. the stony brook seawolves what was your thought where where did you
1: think they hmm. were from i had no idea seawolves i didn't even know that that was their mascot i okay i had no idea i thought it sounds like a library to be honest <laughs> it's like i just i checked out these books at the stony brook library
2: well <laughs> with with seawolves
1: you would First, d what is a sea wolf? Um best they're, guess. They're a very rare creature. <laughs> uh no, I don't know. Um some kind of fish. I <laughs> imagine,
2: they they I mean, are they are they, they have like dog alligators? Fish? Are are they are they like are they like a reptilian mammal hybrid of like
1: they would be furry. Or they don't
2: they don't swim. They don't have gills, but they obviously live in the water they're sea wolves right, right. but i mean do they just kind of chill there and then they come on land and they nest i don't know what uh...
1: they do they are they lone sea wolves or do they travel in packs oh of course Who they travel knows? in packs they're, they're
2: wolves they That's have true. to That's no matter what whether it's by land sea or air wolves will always travel in packs
1: so if you have any idea what a sea wolf is uh just tweet us because I have no idea.
2: Yeah, we don't either. Uh, neither of us do. So, un- until anyone proves me otherwise, I'm going to as- going to assume that there's some hybrid of alligators and dogs. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> to get to the actual <laughs> game now, uh, Utah State no no problem taking care of Stony Brook. It was 62 to seven. Yeah. Uh, most of the starters were gone by the end of the first drive in the third quarter. Uh, you had a chance to see some of the highlights. What are some things after the last two weeks, after Wake Forest, after Stony Brook, what are a couple of the things that have stood out to you with this Utah State team?
1: Uh, well, um, I stand Jordan Love for sure. And, uh, it's just, okay. So the thing I take away the most is like, he's really, really good, uh, but for some reason, last week, he couldn't quite get it done. But he'll handle the business when it's, like, not P5 schools. I don't know. He takes care of his business at home. That's yeah. for sure. But he does struggle on the road. It's, and I don't I don't know. I don't know what the deal is because he's, he's really, really good. And he's just, for some reason, with, like, P5 schools and on the road, he can't. Something's missing. And I don't know what it is. He doesn't make as many mistakes at home. He doesn't make as many mistakes against the normal Utah State opponents. Um, is Stony Brook even FBS? No, they're FCS. Okay. I didn't know that.
2: I was actually surprised in researching them that they were FCS. I was convinced they were Division Two.
1: Yeah. <laughs> because
2: I, I, But no, they're, they're actually not okay. too bad. They're not bad. They've made the playoffs quite a few times in the FCS mm, okay. in the last five years or so. But, no, there's something <clears> – <throat> it almost seems to me that when he goes on the road, Jordan just tries to do too much. Mm. He forces a lot. He takes more chances. He plays with a little bit more reckless abandonment. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's a good thing, but not at the detriment of what you do best mm-hmm. because he's so effortlessly good, especially at home. Yeah, He makes a lot of things look very easy. And obviously a lot of people are taking note. He got quite a bit of love on a few of the national podcasts I list to, some NFL scout podcasts and whatnot. They still, even after the three interception game, a lot of people are still loving Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. Um, that hasn't changed. But there are just some, I'm not sure if at this point if it's mental hmm. when he goes on the road because he just, it doesn't seem like he has the same problems when he goes on the road that when he does at home. Um, it just it doesn't feel like the same player.
1: Yeah, and you know he's a lot like you said. He makes things like effortless. He's got such good mechanics, and he makes right like the right decisions. And I hardly ever see him flustered. But for some reason, on the road against big opponent opponents, um, there's like a little bit of fluster there, but it's not nothing to be concerned
2: about. No, and it's and it's not so bad where you think that it's not. He just needs that one moment. He just needs yeah. it to happen one time for him. And then I think it's going to be gone. I think it's that type of type of situation yeah. where it's not going to be a constant thing. It's been happening for a season and a game now. But I think if it happens once, and I don't think, especially after their game tonight against Texas, that it's going to happen at LSU, mm-hmm. um, I think it'll be fine. But, yeah. I mean, if he has, it, like, like, you know, let's say he does it at Fresno State, you know i think i think the problem solved itself
1: mm-hmm. i i definitely still think he's an nfl quarterback and um i don't know it's just like a weird hump that a mental hump like you said that he's got to get over um another thing that i really like about utah state and all in in both the games so far is just the awesome running back play uh one thing i love about utah state is they always seem to have a good running back core um every year and, you know, losing Darwin Thompson was kind of, I was like, ah, oh, that's too bad because he's so great. Um, I really liked watching him play. They haven't lost a step at all, even bringing up uh, uh, that Snow College kid. Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren, yeah. They haven't lost a step at all in that production No,
2: side. no, no. The depth there, I mean, and to be quite frank, Jalen Warren's gotten – the majority of the carries actually they were 50 50 tonight it felt like Jalen had more Mm. but he only had nine carries tonight but of course those nine carries went for over 100 yards and two touchdowns insane yes uh no the run game has been really good Uh, (sighs) Jalen Jalen's been a really big surprise to me in the fact that he's made as much of an impact as he Mm -hmm. has so quickly yeah uh one of the things we learned tonight, and I I didn't know this. He's the first Utah State running back in his first two games as an Aggie has ran for a hundred yards. He's the, the first one ever. He is the first one ever to do that. Wow! So he has made an impact almost immediately. Uh, uh, Gerald Bright doesn't seem like the guy anymore after yeah. two games, and that's and that's not like a knock against Gerald Bright sure. because. Gerald Bright is great. And, he's a treasure. Uh, he he is. He's an absolute treasure, and he's probably my favorite player ever, uh-huh. ever, ever. Uh, but Jalen is just—he's so explosive. So, and he, I mean, he's short. He's compact. He runs low.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He runs in between the tackles, but he's got that burst. He doesn't have—I would—I wouldn't call it home run speed, yeah. but he's got enough speed. He doesn't have Gerald Bright speed by right. any means but he has a lot more power in between the tackles, and he seems to be fitting what they're trying to do in the run game mm. a little bit better than Gerald right now. Right. I mean, I'm that, that can change in an instant, and I say this, and then all of a sudden in two weeks when they play again, Gerald's going to run 20 times for, I don't know, 270 yards, and people are going to play this <laughs> podcast back to me and say, wow, what an idiot you <laughs> are, and I'll be like, yeah, I know. And then you'd be I'm like I'm not sure why they gave me a podcast but <laughs> here we are. It was 62
1: to 7. Like <laughs> you get they, I don't know. Like normal logic by halftime is like thrown out the window. It's just whatever. I think they just Utah state was just trying out different pieces just uh mm-hmm. you know giving everyone a, like the touches and things and um yeah man, if you're blowing somebody out it's like do we really need a game plan anymore? We'll just kind of let our guys gain experience. Okay. Let me ask you this question. Though. Okay. Is Utah state just really, 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 really good at finding what their missing pieces are. And then just finding a player that'll fill that missing piece. Because I just remember them. Uh, I think it was in the interview with, um, uh, with coach a here in the studio. He said that well, he was like, when, um, uh, um, when Tarver left, they needed a big body, and so mm-hmm. they went out and got one. And so far, in C.O.C. Mariner, it seems like they haven't lost a step. No. They've, they found the big body, they plugged him in, and he works fine. And he works just fine. Same thing with Darwin Thompson and, like, mm-hmm. Gerald Bright, even though Gerald Bright took half the snaps last year. um, Him, Jalen Warren, they just find these running backs that they can just plug in. Is that... Is that what they do? Is that just... That just must be down? exactly what
2: they do. Uh, what's surprising about it, too, is that it's a, it's a whole new coaching. Yeah. Coaching staff outside of Frank and uh, TJ Woods, who stayed over from uh, the last regime. But that's what's been impressive, is considering the amount of production uh, that the team lost that the fact that they've been able to plug these guys in and Caleb Rep again Caleb Rep another yes, great another night. one. He had a great night. He had a great opening night. He had a great night tonight against Stony Brook again. Looks like a playmaker at the tight end position. I'm I I'm very pleasantly surprised that they've been able to find guys that just where it looks and I think I said this on my last podcast it looks like the exact same offense.
1: Yeah, and, and it like it doesn't I, look any different. I totally forgot about Dax Raymond and then like he was such a big part last year, and then Caleb Rep comes in, and he's like, works out just perfectly. Yeah, and I don't know how they and do all,
2: that. Yeah, and it, and it seems like he and Love have chemistry right now. Yeah, um, with what they're doing, and he and Mariner for sure have some chemistry going on. Jordan Nathan, he's uh, elevated. He, you know, he got a good amount of balls thrown at him last year, but he's kind of Aaron Vaughn's kind of had more of those slot. Um, slot reps than Jordan Nathan did last year. But Jordan Nathan has stepped into that role that Aaron Vons did, and he's giving the same kind of production that Vons Mm -hmm. was. And, you know, Scarver's looking... He's looking pretty good. He's had flashes in these two games. Um, Devin Tompkins, when he's had the ball in his hands, Mm -hmm. is electric. Yes. Uh, The speed that guy is bringing to the game is... uh, I'm not sure... They've had someone on offense as fast as him, really? No, that's surprising. No, like just I, Scarver's pretty dang fast, and maybe, and maybe it's just one of those recency recency bias sure. things. But
1: man, but I mean that
2: f- first step, that explosion he has, and when he finds that fifth gear, it is unreal to watch.
1: Yeah, because I mean, I remember last that, year uh, I filmed they played like Tennessee State or something, and Darren Thompson was just kind of like that, where it mm-hmm. was just like. As soon as he touched the ball, he was like, one move and gone. Just gone. And um, it's so fun to watch. And it's great that Utah State hasn't lost a step in that aspect because it's so entertaining to watch.
2: And maybe this falls into that category, but I was going to ask, what's been the biggest surprise to you with this team?
1: Hmm. The biggest surprise? It's hard because I've already had pretty high expectations for Utah State. yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe the defense is performing just as well as they did last year. Um uh considering like losing some pieces and um you know, usually I don't know what one team that year in and year out has been able to like replace those pieces on defense has been Utah, but like Utah State seems like they could do the same thing with this defense. Um I don't know. That's a hard question because I think Utah State's really, really good. I thought they were really, really good, and I still think they're really, really good. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to think about that one to get into some specifics, I think. For me, the biggest surprise so far
2: has been the offensive line, considering that mm. they replaced four starters That's and that they have too. two redshirt freshmen on one side of the line. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that they've been able to do what they've wanted to Especially in the run game, I've been a little surprised by, uh, yeah. like a few of the blocking schemes I've watched. The way that they're trapping, the way that they've used some counters, uh, it, it's been really impressive. I'm um, even against you know an ACC team like Wake Forest. Mm. Jordan wasn't under that much pressure at any time. Yeah. Uh, they were still able to run the ball pretty easily, mm-hmm. I would say, considering everything. And yeah, they've just been. I thought I don't why I don't know. Let's see, how do I want to phrase this? Because I don't want to say that I thought they would be bad. Because that's not right. what I thought. But I thought they would struggle a little bit more in these first few games mm-hmm. than what I've seen so far. So a credit to uh, Coach Woods, the offensive yeah. line coach, because these guys look ready to play. They've been coached up really well along that front line.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. Because like you, get, every everyone struggles in their first game. Everyone struggles at the beginning of the season.
2: Everyone, unless you're Jalen Warren, you just run 100 yards. <laughs> if you're, unless you're Jalen Warren.
1: Uh, but everyone struggles when you have, quote-unquote, new coaching staff and Utah State. Uh, maybe that's the biggest surprise, is that they haven't been – they're the same good team that we had last year. And maybe that's a surprise. I don't know. Time will tell. Yeah. Um, that there hasn't been much drop-off with the yes, coaching change. Yes, exactly. Um
2: It is surprising because even when you do bring back a lot of talent, sometimes a coaching change can just screw everything up.
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: Uh, No matter how good they are or whatnot, I mean, you can see some hiccups. Yeah. Uh, So far, haven't seen anything. Yeah, they lost their first game, but uh, that's just kind of what Utah State does (laughs) on road games against P5 schools. They just kind of lose. So, I mean, in that sense, they do look like a Utah State team. So... It just looked like Michigan State again last year, I, yeah. I mean, and I'm not going to sit here and say that if Matt Wells was still there, that they, they played that game, they would win that game because the coaching the continuity would have played a factor because I don't think that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I just happen to think that Utah State has some struggles on the road right now, and they need
1: to fix them. Uh, um, let me ask you this: uh, two games into the season where do you th- where do you see the biggest like improvement? with Utah state from last year in what part of the game do you think is their biggest improvement or are they exactly the same so Um, far?
2: If I had to say the biggest improvement,
1: man. And if they haven't improved, like quote unquote um, improved, it's only been two games.
2: I'll I'll say this. If I was going to just say biggest improvement that I've seen, it's not necessarily position. I just think it's David Woodward.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah,
2: because, and it's and it's just because he's taken it to the next level. He's taken the next step. He looks better.
1: He personally has made a huge leap for yes. sure.
2: Yes, he's went from great to, uh, yeah, that guy's playing on Sundays. Yes, good, is yeah. what he's done, um, with the way that he's playing right now. I did he do much tonight against Stony Brook? Nah, I mean he was out there, but there was kind of a. Yeah, they also scored seven they, points. Yeah, they so. scored seven points. They shut them out in the first half. It's yeah, it's Stony Brook. It's hard to get a feel on anything against a team like Stony mm-hmm. Brook. It just is. All all you want to do with a team like Stony Brook is, okay, they're a bad team. Do we look like a better team? Yeah, we look like a better sure. team. Yeah. That's that's all that was. And so, it, but de- yeah. like but when you go back and you watch a game like Wake Forest, where you know, you have a P5 team versus a G5 team, and it looks like there are two G5 players that are better than anybody else yeah. on the field, uh, that's, that's when you start to take notice of what David Woodward's doing. Because mm-hmm. he looked, I mean, even if you were to do, like, a comparison with Jordan Love, he looks like the best player that was out there on the field that night, yes. for sure. Uh, the way he looks bigger, he looks stronger, he looks faster yeah. in every way. And, you know, he was a pretty smart player last year. He looks even smarter the way he's playing, the way he positions, the way he pursues, the angles he takes. It's just everything he does looks next level.
1: Exactly. Like, the way he, you know, you expect a a college football player, defensive player to make tackles. You expect them to, you know, take on blocks or whatever. But he will, like, punch out balls. He will Mm -hmm. track down from the other side of the field. And that's, that's, uh, that's next level stuff that um is really rare and really fun to watch and so no Uh, i think you're absolutely right with what you've seen have your
2: preseason predictions for the aggies changed at all what you think they're gonna do
1: Mm. no um i did think that the Aggies were gonna beat wake forest Mm -hmm. i said that but um the way they lost which was not by a lot uh I don't know. It didn't. It didn't taint my expectations at all. No. So I, I. I still think you know it's still early in the season. After playing a game like Stony Brook, it still is hard to tell like what's going to happen in the future because they did what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to blow them out by sixty points. Yep. And that's what they did. Um. So maybe give it a couple more games and we'll see if my expectations were too high or too low or what or just right. I don't know. We'll find out in a couple of games, I think.
2: All right. Well Hema, where can the people, the listeners of this podcast, find you?
1: Um, you can find me in Twilla, working <laughs> on my chicken coop. Um, I'm at Hema Himuli Jr. Um, and you can follow our podcast on Twitter too, at SB After Hours. Um and then, you know, if you're ever by the station, swing by and say hi. I'm always here too. And where can we find that podcast on what beautiful website? You can find it at kslsports.com or you can find it on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts um and you can listen to all the other fine podcasts of KSL Sports um over there.
2: You can also find much of Hemma's work on Sports Beat Saturday, Sports Beat Sunday, Game Night Live and any of our sports segments during the KSL News. At 5, 6, or 10 o'clock during the week. <laughs> if, you ever, if you ever see anything that's edited very well, it was probably Hema that did it. Oh, you're too kind. Um, Yeah, but that's just the stuff I'm saying to your face. You should hear <laughs> what I say to you behind your back. I knew it. <laughs> but thank you again for coming on the Scotsman Podcast. And, uh, yeah, download his podcast, Sportsbeat After Hours. You won't regret it. It's a fun little podcast. Thanks again, Hema. Mm-hmm. Thanks again to Muli, host, co-host. I don't know how he and Zach divide it up sometimes because he's always referred to as the host when they introduce him on the Sports Beat After Hours podcast. Seriously, download those guys. They talk sports. They talk pop culture. They're insanely funny. Uh, just a pair of good dudes. Uh, lucky to have them working here at KSL, and you're lucky to have them in your ear holes on podcast form. So go ahead and download it. Uh, rate and review. Um, Give them five stars. Um, I know I'm only a four-star podcast, but they're truly a five-star podcast. So subscribe and rate, review, all that fun jazz. Uh, Okay, so let's get to some awards, some weekly awards. Like I said earlier, we're going to go with the Empire Strikes Back for the awards. This is going to be based on the first two games of the season. And I use the word game in quotations based on tonight's performance. 62-7 to 7 is hardly such a thing. But, um, alright, so here we go. My first award is... Impressive. Most impressive. David Woodward. Very impressive. Uh, we talked a little bit, him and I, about just the leap he has made, and it's very obvious. Uh, tonight was not a good barometer of what David Woodward was, but Wake Forest is the measuring stick, and he looks absolutely incredible, and... He is going to be a force in the Mountain West when conference play comes and that's only in 2 weeks when they travel to San Diego State. It's interesting in them they have a bye in week 3. Uh I'm not a big fan of byes early on. I I don't think anybody is. I, I I like a bye late September, early October. That's that's when you need one cuz people need to rest up. But anyway, that's a that's that's a tangent. Uh I'm I'm excited to see what he does uh against a good San Diego State team on the road. Um I would like to see I'm hoping this is um, where Utah State can get over the hump. And I think uh, he is a big part that if they do, uh, he's, he's going to be a big part of it if they do, uh, is what I'm trying to say. Um, if I can construct a sentence tonight. So let's move on to our second award. You look absolutely beautiful. You truly
0: belong here with us among the
2: clouds. You- the catch C.O.C. Mariner made against Wake Forest was one of the most beautiful catches I have ever seen. I've talked about it at length. How he got that toe down. Inbounds. And then to follow it up tonight. That was no easy catch he made. When Jordan rolled out and threw it to the end zone. He's got. I like receivers. Who have the ability. To make tough catches seem. Fairly simple. As when you watch it. It looks very routine. Is what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying it's easy. What I'm saying is they make it look very easy. And C.O.C. Mariner does that. And it's nice to have someone on that team because uh, Tarver had that same ability too. He made very difficult catches make easy. And I think that's what Jordan Love needs in order for this offense to succeed.
0: Hello, what have we here?
2: As pleasantly surprised as Lando was to see Leia, I have been pleasantly surprised to see Jalen Warren and the success he's had early on. Two 100-yard games in two starts. Not starts, in two games. Two games played. Feels like starts only because of the role he's played in the offense. But, of course, Gerald Bright seemed like starts anyway. In the system, the running back starts. It, does, it doesn't matter. He's, he's had success is what I am saying. I mean, he had 100 yards on nine carries. Absolutely incredible. I cannot wait to see what else he does. Never tell me the odds. Jordan Love forced three passes. He should not have. I'll I'll say he forced two of them. The third one, I mean, it wasn't a great throw, but it was a great play by the Wake Forest to end the game. But those first interceptions were not good. And the first one, he, with reckless abandon, threw that ball up, trying to make something happen. It's on the road. You want to get that win against the P5. You're going to throw it up. You're going to give your receiver a chance, but uh, just was not a great throw. So never tell Jordan Love the odds when it comes to forcing a throw. I love you. I know. Despite the interceptions, I still think Jordan Love is a first-round quarterback. He's going to play on Sundays. He makes hard stuff look easy. He's got some stuff to clean up on the road, but everything else he does is so silky smooth. The way his release, the way he stands in the pocket, the way he can throw on the run, a lot of those things demonstrated tonight, the way he can pull it down and run it if if there's nothing for him developing. He just has so many of these different skills. He's got such a good demeanor. No, I'm 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 still. I mean, we love you, Jordan, and you know. You know. New weapons. You will not need them. He doesn't need his weapons from last year. He's got all new ones. And the offense looks almost exactly the same. They haven't missed a step. There's been no drop-off from the production they've had. This looks like a team. I don't I don't think they will, but, I mean, it looks like a team that could set those records again. They're going to come close, I think. Do.
0: Or do not. There is no try.
2: As close as they came, I still just want to see him do it. That final drive against Wake Forest. It was, I mean, it was nice of you to try, but we're Aggie fans, Aggie Nation, everyone. Kind of sick of seeing the team try. Whether it was Auburn, whether it was Wisconsin, whether it's Michigan State, whether it's USC, whether it's Wake Forest. Just want to see it happen. Uh... You know, I've seen some Utah State people on Twitter making fun of BYU. Thinking they're good because they beat a P5 team on the road, a bad P5 team in Tennessee. Guess what? Utah State hasn't done that. Yeah, Tennessee's not good, but it's still something Utah State hasn't done. And it would be nice to see it. BYU's got to win an SEC country. That's just a fact. And I think we'd all like to see Utah State get it too. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it because it's great for ratings. I'd love to see it just for tortured Aggie fans where we where it's been so close, where there's been so many gut punches. This deal is getting worse all the time. Playing into that, signing up to be an Aggie fan, it's getting harder with every one of these losses. You wouldn't give it up. You wouldn't trade it in. And your fandom doesn't waver. But it doesn't get easier when you're losing these last second games. These big games in the fourth quarter. Alright, that's all the awards I have. And that's all I have for this uh, edition of the Scotsman Podcast. Again, I want to say thank you to Hemahe Muli for jumping on the pod. I want to say thank you to all of you who have listened. Uh, The downloads have been very nice. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate the fact that you're all listening. Um, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review. Five stars only, even though I know it's a four-star podcast. And um, it's bi-week this next week, so we'll think of something creative to do. Um, I'm not sure when the episode will drop this next week, but it'll probably be middle of the weekish, is what I would guess. Um, yeah, I've got some ideas. But um, we will uh, stop here for now. Utah State's bye week They get uh, San Diego State in two weeks on the road. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but until then, thanks again for downloading the podcast where the sagebrush grows.